Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Michelle. And this is Two, Two Librarians, Librarians Walk, Walk Into, into a, a Shelf. And today we are tackling the subject of inspiration. Yeah. We'll be talking about some books and movies that have inspired us personally. And let's start off with a question. Michelle? Yeah? What about working at the library do you find inspiring? The thing that keeps me going at my job is helping people. Mm -hmm. uh, I really love to help people. I love to help people find a book. I love to help people figure out how to send a fax. I love to help people pull a file out of their email so they can send it to a job application. You know, there's just a million different ways we can help people every single day at the library. And that, um, that to me, is an inspirational part of my job. I, enjoy, I really enjoy doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's probably the biggest bonus of working, except for no late fees. Ooh, that is inspiring. That is inspiring for us lazy people who forget stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a huge thing. Like, whatever the thing is, it's huge for that person. Yes. And if it's just making a copy of something, that's that's the easiest thing in the world. But they're so grateful, and it's great. And mm -hmm. finding a book for somebody or a movie, even if they can't remember the title, when you find the title and they're just so happy, it's just a great moment. It really is. Yes. And I'll even go further and say just working with the people I get to work with. Uh, a lot of you guys. No, seriously, a lot of you guys make me want to do better. Oh yeah. And you bring me, you bring out a, a much more creative. Uh, like I love doing this kind of stuff and, and and events and different things that we do. Shenanigans is important. I'm I'm inspired by a lot of our shenanigans. It is important in a workplace. So yeah, the library is definitely a, a good place to. Uh, to feel inspired. Yeah, I agree. To be better. So, what book do you have for us that you found inspiring? It's a throwback. It's Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell. This is the first required reading that I ever was assigned that I enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. So, prior to sixth grade, every required novel just felt like drudgery, like <laughs> where the red fern grows, but like who wants to, it's too sad. I didn't even like a wrinkle in time when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it was because it was assigned, but now I love it. But when I read Island of the Blue Dolphins, it was the way it was able to take me to another place and another time it was completely captivated. And I've, I read it every year for a really long time. If you're not familiar with the story, it's a fictionalized account of the true story of Juana Maria. She was a Native American left alone on San Nicolas Island for 18 years after the rest of her tribe uh, was killed by Native Alaskan otter hunters. They were actually, the true in the true story, the otter hunters were actually paid by the Russian-American company to go through and settle Russian colonies in the Americas. But in Odell's novel, the main character's name is Karana, she hides while the rest of her family and tribe are murdered, and then she spends the next 18 years surviving with the skills that she remembers being taught or that she remembers witnessing other people do while she was there on the island with them. I read it every year for many years, and I realized that Juana Maria never really got the chance to tell her, her own story. I'm glad that the story lives on in Odell's book. It was, it was an influence on my desire to learn how to camp and how to kind of survive outside. I've kind of lost some of that drive as I've gotten older. I might be more of an inside cat now, but um, <laughs> I was really interested in, in things like edible plants and survival skills because of the book. There are several copies throughout the whole system. It's in the kids section. 
but you can also find the ebook and the audiobook on Overdrive. And right. if you haven't ever had the chance to read that one, it's it's you know it's written for kids. It's a super fast read, and I think it's worthwhile. Okay. What All you right. got? So my pick is an older book. It came out in I believe it was 1982, Psycho Two by Robert Block. We mentioned him a, a podcast or so before uh, for a different book that was written, but. Robert Block, one of the greatest writers of all time, period. He wrote everything first. Like, he invented every different horror twist ever to come out. So, Psycho 2 takes place two decades after the events of the original story. And this is the original story from the novel, not the movies that most people are familiar with. And Norman Bates escapes from the asylum. Yikes. After he finds out that they're making a movie about him and his mother out in Hollywood. Hmm. So he even goes to the great length of picking up a hitchhiker that is, uh, looks a little bit like him. And again, he's an older man than uh, Anthony Perkins depicted the character in the movies. So he can kill the hitchhiker and make it look like he died. Hmm. So he heads to Hollywood and his psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Claiborne, is in hot pursuit. Claiborne has spent two decades trying to cure Norman basically chasing the fame that would come from curing him. And he is relentless in his pursuit of, of his escape patient. Claiborne gets to Hollywood and is hired as a technical assistant for the movie Crazy Lady, which is the story of Norman and his mother, Norma Bates. It's not long before people from the production start turning up dead and Claiborne continues to get closer and closer to Norman. To tell any more might spoil... Uh, any surprises this book offers. This book was uh, the game changer for me. This was the first book that kept me awake all night reading to find out what happens next. Uh, never had I ever been engaged. And I, I was a reader growing up. Uh, started with comics, moved on to more sophisticated stuff with Mad Magazine, and, sure. then, and then got into horror novels and Stephen King. So... It was all good stuff, but no book before had the power that this book. It just enchanted me. And this book at 14 was a revelation because it made me realize I wanted to tell stories. And I wanted to tell stories like like Robert Block. I don't, but I try. Again, this is a completely different storyline than the movies follow. This came about when Universal announced that they were going to make a film, Psycho 2. And Robert Block called them to find out if they'd be interested in him writing the screenplay for him. And they said, no, no. Uh, yeah. No. What do you know about Psycho? That, that <laughs> seems just, wrong. He just wrote the novel. So he was angry enough that he wrote his own novel sequel. And he then used the backdrop of Hollywood sleazebags being murdered for his story. Oh. So there's a lot of revenge in this. I see. <laughs> there was a lot of revenge and, uh, and of course, Universal tried to sue him, but they had nothing to stand on. So his book came out. His book did really well. The movie came out. The book continued to do well because people thought it was a tie-in, but it was completely different. Mm -hmm. Years later, they did the same thing with Psycho 3, but they were kind enough to call and see if he would want to write a novelization of their screenplay. Mm. He's like, no, I think I'll write a new one. So then he wrote Psycho House. And Psycho House was about the Bates Motel becoming a tourist attraction with an animatronic Norman who may be coming to life 
and murdering people. Yikes. And that's completely a different story. That's nothing like that is in, in the series. And I love the Psycho series, both the novels and the movies. But Block was a huge influence on me. He was a master of the twist ending. He never wasted a word. He wrote primarily horror, thrillers, science fiction, and then some true crime. He is, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest writer of all time. Okay. Um, we do not have, unfortunately, we do have system-wide. We do have a lot of different books that include block stories. We don't have the Psycho series, but the entire series is available on Hoopla between eBooks and audios. So you can definitely download those and catch up with them, and I highly recommend them. And then um, here at Madison, we recently put in the three movies set of Psycho 2, Psycho 3, and Psycho 4. So if you want to catch up with the movies, then you can do that. And of course, we have many copies of Psycho, right. the movie, throughout the uh, system. So, right. Well, I've got a second book that I want to talk about, something that inspired us. It's new. It's Navigate Your Stars by Jesmyn Ward. If you're not familiar with Jesmyn Ward and her writing, she writes amazing fiction that can transport you right into locations in the deep south. She writes about hard subjects, basically the plight of, you know, young black Americans in areas of the United States that don't have a lot of resources or don't have a lot of support for anyone. But she writes so well that while it might be a depressing story, it's also a story of overcoming hardships in the end. So I recommend those. But Navigate Your Stars, it actually started as her uh, commencement address at Tulane University. It's been turned into a really beautiful little book with beautiful illustrations. She's dedicated it to her grandmother. Uh, she credits her grandmother as being the first storyteller in her life. And this is basically a love letter to the sense of family her grandmother has passed on and about the value of hard work and the importance of respect for yourself and for others that she got from her grandmother. So it's a beautiful book, beautiful illustrations, and it won't take you long to get through it. But it's worth the time and kind of the kick in the butt that it will give you, you know, to get your get your butt in gear to do what you need to do to reach your goals. So that's awesome. I recommend that one for sure. You can find it in the catalog. There are a few copies around the system. And uh, if you're interested in Ward's other work, you can find that in the system as well, but you can also find it on Overdrive. Sounds awesome. My writer, uh, I went with a screenwriter, Dan O'Bannon. If you're not familiar with Dan O'Bannon, you are definitely familiar with Dan O'Bannon's work. He was a screenwriter that I learned about when I was a weird kid. Mm -hmm. His name kept popping up on all these favorite movies of mine to watch over and over again. O'Bannon was a classmate with John Carpenter back in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. And they were putting together their first movie, Dark Star, which is a science fiction spoof on 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh. O'Bannon co-wrote the script. He created the props he made the sets he acted in it he gives a really great performance as pinback sergeant pinback who actually he tells his mates that his name's actually bill frug and he worked on the dock and he saw where pinback had a horrible accident so he put on pinback's outfit and entered the spaceship and that's how he got into the space mission which is <laughs> which is really funny uh, regardless of what movie O'Bannon was writing, he always wrote realistic characters who reacted to unrealistic situations with a sense of humor, and you could always relate to him. That was another thing he always did. He wrote instantly relatable characters. 
An example would be his directorial debut, which was Return of the Living Dead. And his wicked sense of humor, he, he starts the movie by, by just mentioning that it's all based on true story. It, it's about how when the zombies attacked Louisville, Kentucky, the government then dropped an A-bomb on Louisville, Kentucky to kill the zombies. The premise was that George Romero's film, Night of the Living Dead, was based on true story. So he just picks it up. And this is such an unrealistic idea. But he handles it in such a realistic way. You buy it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a kind of a, a juggling of comedy and horror. And it's just outlandish. A lot of other things that he, again, the, the, the way he would make relatable characters, he wrote Alien. And that's probably the movie everyone's familiar yes. with. Even I've seen that one. Even you've seen it. So, and, and these characters are introduced in their working class, and we immediately know who they are. There's, we get no background on any of them, but we relate to them and like them immediately. Okay. And they're put into this situation where they, they go to the planet, and they, they bring the egg back, and then mayhem ensues. He made his character in Total Recall, the Schwarzenegger character, a uh, construction worker, easy to relate to. And then he gets put into this huge, amazing story of right. saving Mars and unrealistic, but we buy it because the characters are, are relatable. And that's what I've taken from him. And I've always strove to put that into anything I write. If it's short, there's different ways that you can put realistic uh, details into your characters and situations. And, and just watching any O'Bannon film, you can study that. Now, system-wide, we have a lot of different O'Bannon movies that he wrote, including Dark Star, the entire Alien series. And really, when you think about the Alien series, he created that back in 1979. It's still going today. Mm -hmm. It's still alive in movies comics our friend alex white is writing the novels now this is all because dan bannon sat down and wrote this first script which i just think is incredible yeah but we have all the alien series if you want to catch up with them we just recently put in life force which is a gonzo crazy science fiction movie that he wrote for canon total recall and then heavy metal adapts one of his stories if you go to hoopla you can find return of the living dead and that's really the one that and alien are are the ones that i would say start with mm. I also found Hoopla has Dan O'Bannon's guide to screenplay structure. And that might be interesting if you're interested in reading about how to write a screenplay. O'Bannon believed in the three-part screenplay where you introduce characters, you introduce the situation of mm -hmm. the characters, and then you introduce the resolution of the situation with the characters. So you can definitely look him up and find some really great stuff. I, I did meet him one time at a convention in California and I was able to tell him how much I loved his work. He's passed away. He had Crohn's disease all his life and succumbed to it many years ago. He was the coolest guy. He looks like a little college professor in his tweed jacket with the patches and his perfectly combed hair and trim beard Aww. and bow tie. And so I asked him for a picture he said he would only give me a picture if we looked longingly into each other's eyes. No. Yes. So I did that, and then we took another picture. You're going to let me share that picture on the, the blog, yes? And there's the picture of me and Dan okay. O'Bannon. Nice. That was probably like 1993. That's a very young Rob it with is. hair. Oh, yes. You do have hair. I have hair. That's so a smile on I my face. I can put this on the blog, yes. You can put this on the blog. If anybody wants to see this, this will be on the blog. Thank you. Rob and Dan O'Bannon, the great Dan O'Bannon. Check it out. And as far as the blog, I believe we can find that at blog.hmcpl.org. All right. All right. 
So I have one last thing that inspired me that I want to talk about. It's a movie that I revisit from time to time. It's a little older, but I still really love it. It's called A Love Song for Bobby Long. Uh, it stars a super young Scarlett Johansson, John Travolta, and Gabriel Macht. And if you've ever watched Suits, you'll know Gabriel Macht. Um, and you probably already know Scarlett Johansson from such small franchises such as Avengers. I've heard of it. Um, and maybe you've heard of John Travolta. I have. Just a few unknowns. So the main character, Scarlett Johansson, her name is Purcellane, named after the weed. Uh, but they call her Percy. She returns to New Orleans after her mother dies and discovers that her mother's house is occupied by two down-on-their-luck men. Percy hates her mother. She hates her house. And she hates the two men. Uh, Bobby and Lawson dislike Percy because they're uh, Bobby is a literature professor at Tulane. Uh, Lawson is trying to become a writer and write the next great American novel. And they're very highly educated, but also super down on their luck. And they dislike Percy because she didn't finish high school and they feel like she's wasting her life because she's clearly smart. So they eventually learn to be friends and become friends that are family. And uh, the story is clearly deeply inspired by Southern Gothic authors. This is one of those movies where the setting, I think, is just as important to the plot as the characters. I think the movie will stay with you for long after it's finished. The movie is covered in language both beautiful and profane. <laughs> so if you're not a fan of profanity, this is probably not your thing. But it's a redemption story. It's uh, about friends that become family. And um, it's, you know, people down on their luck, but they triumph anyway. And if you're interested in that, you might like it. We have a couple copies of the DVD in the system. Uh, and you can go put one in on hold and pick it up curbside if you want. That sounds awesome. I, I really like it. Okay. So that concludes this episode of Two Librarians Walk Into a Shelf. Uh, you can find all about library services at our website, hmcpl.org. You can catch us writing on the blog at blog.hmcpl.org. And you can find us at the Madison branch of the library. Come by and say hi. We would love it. You might not recognize us with our masks on, so just ask us who we are. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, I need to speak to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The views expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Huntsville-Madison County Library System. For more information on the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library, visit us online at hmcpl.org. If you'd like to learn more about some of the topics discussed today, visit your local library, which is us. No representation is made that your librarian is more knowledgeable than other librarians or that they have any expertise on your particular project.